There are too many factions there, of fans of Star it's, Wars. It's like the fucking Rebel Alliance itself. <laughs> it really is. It's just this ineffectual mass of of of, of I know. different. It's okay. Yeah, it, it's continue, Black Leader. It. it <laughs> yeah. Setting up the epic solo. The epic solo. Epic solo. <laughs> oh shit. Literally. Eat eat shit, fuckers. Whoa. (laughs) Pasolini strikes. (laughs) Welcome into Film Tank the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we discuss the new Star Wars film, which is Rogue One, directed by Gareth Edwards. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hello there again, everybody, and welcome back into Film Tank. This is episode 94, and I am your host, Alex Diekman. Along with me on this episode is Nick Cheney and Toussaint Egan. Save the rebellion! Save the dream! That was actually a pretty good impression. Usually you just sound like Ken Watanabe when you're trying to do something, but that was good. Thanks. I'm impressed. <laughs> Thanks. We have another voice on this episode, and that is a familiar voice uh, of Anna Badozadu, who has previously joined us uh, when we talked about Django Unchained and Suicide Squad. One of those is a good movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> welcome back, Anna. Hello. Thank you for wel- welcoming me back, <laughs> gentlemen. Well, of course. <laughs> welcoming me back. Yeah. Are you that, laughing at our guests? That's the one you yeah, should use. That's wow. right. <laughs> Thank you for welcoming me back. Thank it's you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, surprisingly enough, we are doing an episode on this sort of Star Wars movie. I mean, it is clearly... It's got a, a subtitle called A, a Star, Star Wars, Wars Story. Film, yeah. Or a story film. Yeah. yeah. It's and not it, Star Wars. It's Star Wars Story. And although it doesn't have the crawl and the opening Star Wars logo... That makes all the difference. Um, I think even the person who dislikes this film the most if it is nick or somebody else out there in the world i uh, would <laughs> would agree that this at least did have a star wars feel throughout it mm-hmm. okay i mean it did by association were you okay. were you quoting your favorite star wars character just then yep Oh, yeah. So anyways... Cantina regular number three. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. We will get into more of Nick's thoughts, which I'm sure you could guess what they might be <laughs> here shortly. <laughs> um, but this film uh, revolves around the Rebel Alliance as they make their risky move to steal the plans for the Death Star, setting up the Epic Solo... The Epic Solo... Epic Solo? <laughs> oh, shit. Eat, Literally. Eat shit, fuckers. Whoa. <laughs> Pasolini strikes. <laughs> you just, man, you just got me way more interested in this episode than I was uh, the previously. Epi- the epic saga that would follow 
So as I did mention, this film is directed by Gareth Edwards, who you would previously know as the director of Godzilla, uh, the 2014 version, with Aaron Taylor Johnson, <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen, and the rest of the Marvel superheroes. Not the Rowan Emmerich version. No, that's a much different film. Uh, in this S- film... Same shit, different trash can. <laughs> Let's say something different. No, actually, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, this film stars Felicity Jones. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say different asshole. Yeah. <laughs> this film stars Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Alan Tudyk, Donnie Yen, Wen John. <laughs> Wen John. Racism. Uh, ben Mendelsohn. Forrest Whitaker, Riz Ahmad. They should hire you out whenever a high school has a graduation <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> so much. She's such a terrible person. Madison, Jimmy Smith, uh, a guy who made it from the prequels into this movie somehow. Oh. Well, so did Darth Vader. <laughs> and also here is uh, James Earl Jones repri- reprising his role as Darth Vader's voice, although it sounds like Darth Vader if he was a 90-year-old Did you man. read who was Darth Vader himself? Um, it was not. It was like a... A, a guy. Um, a, he, uh, who was it? I was just No, but it was this. somebody we know. Really? Like, not like a famous actor, but it's a... Um, shit. I, I read who it was, and it was like, oh, that was... It wasn't the old guy who played him in the uh, original films who's still yeah. bitter that he wasn't able to do the battle scenes. Nope. Hold on. I'm going to look this up while you, you okay. guys That's continue. Fine. That's his, fine. His name is Spencer Wilding. But what did uh, the thing is? What did he do? Because he was in um, Jupiter Ascending. (laughs) Oh, okay. Not that. Like it's something very, very. This is great podcast. It is. Uh, This is fantastic. He was in Pan. That was bad. Nope. We didn't see that. Uh, I got panned. It did. Oh boy. (laughs) That's a. He was in Doctor Who. Man, he was in a lot of stuff. Nick, I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about, but that's okay. So anyways, while Nick is looking that up, uh, this is the first in what will undoubtedly be a long line of offshoots from the original Star Wars franchise. And um, We'll die before it's over. Probably. Um, Likely, um, at least from the outset, this will be the closest to, uh, if I had to guess, the actual story. Because... Really, although this is distinctly its own thing, it definitely, obviously, has involvement in the mothership big time. Um, it is really just another prequel, I think we could say. Yep. So yep. that's what th- that's what this is. Yep. Um, and I don't know who wants to start it off, but I have very interesting thoughts on this film. So if you guys don't mind, I was thinking I would just like... Please. Go for run it. Off because, Let it rip. Um, there... there uh, I saw this, I've seen this film two times. If you listened to our Force Awakens episode last year, I love Star Wars. I'm a huge fan. I got the toys when I was a kid. I have toys in my house now as an adult that I have since purchased again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have you know different kinds of Star Wars things. I have Star Wars t-shirts, the whole nine yards. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I yeah. love Star Wars. I was interested but yet hesitated to be really into whatever this was going to be mm-hmm. um and the first time that i saw this film with nick and Dusan, i was very suspect of of the film and i i thought it was okay but i didn't love it saw it again oh and was able to uh, actually completely enjoy this film upon a second viewing and i honestly 
still will acknowledge that there are quite a few problems here, especially on a script level. Um, but I will say that I don't think this is a film that necessarily had to have the best script to be good. Um, but still, script problems there. Uh, still very odd dialogue uh, throughout this film, specifically from Forrest Whitaker's character uh, and from uh, the blind samurai Jedi guy. Sadoichi of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Donnie Yen. Who just continues to say that same line over and over again. And I was like, both times I was ready for him to be done. I'm with the Force. The Force is with me. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, it just was not doing it for me. Yeah, really quickly. Sure. Let's Darth Vader, the guy who runs around in the Darth Vader suit sure. in Rogue One, is the guy from Guardians of a Galaxy who looks like a creature who ends up taking Peter Quill's head's uh, oh, Walkman and listening to the music. The blue oh, guy, yeah. yeah. That's funny. That's what like, creeped me out. I saw the GIF. And... Anyway, cool. So, fun fact. That is, that, that is... <laughs> that's really cool. Anyway. That's awesome. va- valuable you what I information. I said fun fact. Oh, okay. What did you think I said? Nothing. <laughs> so, um... Tucson, you're homophobic. The second time going through Rogue One, uh, a lot of it may have been two things. Well, three things, actually. One, seeing it for the second time and knowing what I was getting into so I could just watch the movie and enjoy it and not have expectations or wanting to know what happens or anything like that. Not that there's anything really large can reveal here because this is. I was going to say we already knew what happened. Before this is this a story that is based on an even looser premise than the Hobbit films were. So there's that. Uh, second, I saw this with my nephew, so it was a lot of fun with his reactions and getting to kind of see this movie a little bit through his perspective, and just getting to sit there and enjoy watching a ten year old who is loving this as opposed to sitting next to Nick who had his arms crossed and as, wished as tiny he... as a ten year old but <laughs> has a much worse temperament. That is tr- especially about Star Wars movies. Yep. Uh, specifically this one. And uh another Fuck thing off. too, this is this is ver- this will be probably the first time um I thought this film was vastly superior in three D format. Hmm. Um and I don't necessarily think that there are 3D effects here that go out of their way to be like, 3D! I just feel like it was actually utilized in a way that made it feel a little more full when you're watching on the screen. So at IMAX 3D, paid the money, which is way too much for a film, but that's fine. And I thought it was really good. And even the parts of this movie that are honestly unforgivable, I thought were just a tiny bit better in IMAX 3D. Specifically, the Grand Moff Tarkin uh, resurrection onto the screen as we bring back Peter Cushing. By the way, his family better be getting some fucking money for that shit-ass performance they put on, because that's some bullshit. I mentioned this last year. I saw an, a genuine headline. It wasn't for like a, a site I've never heard of, I don't yeah. know, but a genuine article with the headline... This dead actor gave one of the best performances of the year, and I no. was like, "Whoa, no, come on now!" Okay, that's not now. Now that <laughs> that is probably the one of the most unforgivably bad things that I've seen in a film, only because I don't necessarily think that the use of CGI real people is the worst thing ever if you do it correctly and keep it really minor. Like, it has got to be a Princess Leia type thing if you want to do it, because... Be on the screen for, like, five seconds. Yeah. If, and, and With have, even lighting. Or poorly lit. Yeah. yeah. Poorly yeah. lit. Like, there are moments... Um, one of my favorite... One of my favorite 
sort of just five second shots of this entire film is Grand Moff Tarkin looking up at the Death Star and seeing his reflection in the mirror. In shadow, yeah. yeah. Like that, looks, that looks really good. Yeah. It does. It I would be lo- totally on like board him. if that was like the only sh- true shot. Right. Because right. then right. I would actually understand as far as the, the use of it. And sure. And it, uh, and, it, and it looks passable. But this is already way. starting a scary precedent. Uh, we just got reports that there's a very good chance that the new Martin Scorsese film yeah. will use the de-aging technology on Robert De Niro, which is now, pretty that's, scary. That's, that's a little bit... Now it depends because first of all, that, it's not it, de-aging. It, it depends what that is. They're, they're saying it's de-aging. All it's really going to be is they'll watch Godfather 2 and they will just recreate that. I mean, you don't de-age with a computer. That doesn't really make sense. Now, if he's actually playing it and they're just doing a couple of little things with green dots to try to make it a little bit. But then bit. you're going to get a weird <sighs> Looper-esque Uncanny Valley where, yeah. where they try to turn Bruce Willis into Joseph. Gordon Gordon Levitt. Levitt. But yeah. that was with actually practical makeup. Yeah, it still wasn't good. No, that yeah. was CGI. Some of it no, was. Wasn't. It was like half yeah, and half. I was it say was it. half and half, yeah. Right, no, I'm not saying it was, but there was like, like he the, stuffed something the actual, in his jaw to make it look The actual right, face yeah. itself was mm. constructed. And uh-huh. I think it's So anyways, half all, all I'm saying yeah. is that looked marginal, like somewhat a little bit better in 3D, I thought. Uh, it still was awful and should have never been a part of this film. And again, like you want to do like a two second thing of it, or like show him saying the "You may fire when ready" line. Like, yeah. fine, that that would have been okay. I would have been totally on board with it. Like he was on screen for like ten minutes in this film, it's and, and they were showing him like they were proud of the work they had done. It's really unfortunate because of the fact that you also are introducing a new villain in this movie. Who looks and, like a little bitch by comparison because, like, Tarkin takes over all the, the but, screen time. Am I going to say, right, and, like, th- there could have been more scenes to develop his presence in this, you know, uh, crusade. And so, anyway. But it just, uh, I just, uh, that whole aspect was, was really poorly done. But a lot of the graphics I loved, I think the use of CGI in this film shows just how far we've come if you compare this to something like um, Attack of the Clones, where CGI in a Star Wars format I thought looked bad. And here I thought it showed a lot of improvement. Um, I just really liked a lot of the images that I saw, especially in a second viewing. Like when you see the initial time when the uh, Star Destroyer that has been disabled runs into the other Star Destroyer and makes it explode the shield or whatever you know what they want to call it like that looks fantastic at least for me and i loved it um the action uh nick something i know you hated the score i actually appreciated the second time and enjoyed it in certain points and i was just able to get way into the characters on a second viewing uh specifically the robot who i will say uh i felt like sounded a little too much like chappy that's Alan Tudyk, yeah, from uh, Firefly, and he's great. Yeah, but the second and dodgeball. Time... Let's not forget Pirate Steve. And let's not. And also, I Robot. And let's not forget <laughs> Wreck It Ralph. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say every Disney CGI <laughs> animated movie. The robot's name is K two S O. Yeah, K two is what he's called. Yeah, basically, he has a lot of lines that uh, I would say like half and half. Some of them landed. Some of them fell flat. Uh, but our at the audience same time, did not 
the, the first audience that mm-hmm. we saw with did not respond to him as the well. The second as... audience had the same reaction. Really? For the most part. Interesting. Uh, I mean, some of... I'm not saying it was like an Arab disdain or something like that, but I genuinely think some of those lines were meant to be like punchline worthy and... Um... Some of them landed and some, some... of them did not. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I will say, though, uh, something I was kind of on the fence about on the first viewing, but I absolutely 100% went all in on for the second time. Uh, was when he has his death scene, which again, it's a it's a robot having a death scene. But there was just some about it, just uh, the robot with the personality. Yeah, giving up his his existence and the the way he ends it and smashing the thing to lock the door. I don't know. It was I just liked it, and I think that's the problem for me is that this is a film that feels like a Star Wars movie that does a lot of Star Wars things. I got my Darth Vader fix, and if you really think about it, this is the first time Darth Vader's appeared on screen in like 35 years or something like that, which seems... No. Yeah. Well, okay, let's... Appeared on screen in like <laughs> yeah. a, in a real manner, not whatever that was. And, I mean, I was worried that I wasn't going... But, but I mean, the, the, worry, the fears were quickly put down with that incredible cum shot final scene. Wow. That, nice shot. That is, I was surprised that, that he is, took his that dick is, out, to be that, honest. That is exactly what that I thought it had, was. I thought it burned it in the lava. I'm but. surprised his dick was a lightsaber. <laughs> like, that's exactly what that scene was. And, I mean, pretty much unanimously, everyone who's like a geeky Star Wars Darth Vader fan got exactly what they wanted. Oh, that, yeah. We like. were all asphyxiated. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I increased wow. my rating quite a bit upon a second viewing and will say that I'm I'm a fan of this. It's nowhere in the neighborhood of the best Star Wars films. It's actually, although I give it a similar rating, it's not as good as Force Awakens. But uh, as a standalone film, and as a film that actually did things that uh, most films that are in like big universes wouldn't necessarily do, which is kill off every single character in the film, which is the, was the only possible solution here, which I just can't believe they actually did it. Which was not the original... Um, yeah, the original written ending that they wanted to have is because they they didn't think that Disney was going to let them, and then pretty much the person who's sort of the the curator for the the Star Wars franchise being like, "Fuck it, they're not in a New Hope, so why not kill them?" Yeah. So which again, Gareth only, Edwards got what he wanted. The, the only realistic scenario that this could have had, or it would have not made sense with the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, at least, so. I, I took too long just kind of going over my thoughts, but um, I enjoyed this film, especially after a second viewing, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad it's there because I, I think that this shows uh, that there could be good films, but again, but I have to say I'm a little hesitant on that because now I'm worried that they're going to roll out the Marvel 20 year plan, and it's I, I hope that's not in the cards because what that will be horrible. Did you think that this was? This is the first step towards that. No, I, I I get that. Yeah, I get that. I don't. I don't want. I don't. <laughs> I don't want them to lay out the next twenty years for me. I just want them to do it, like all. I uh, like all other yeah, franchises. Yeah, like, I, like, I feel that. Like, well, with we, any luck, you won't see all twenty of those years. <laughs> that was so dark. You're a monster. I am. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Snap back to reality. Oh, I'm trying to say gravity. very bad things so when I, I say, actually say my opinion, it won't be as bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little, little squirrel bastard. Yeah. So, yeah. 
You weave it out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm I'm terrified of that. I don't want that for this friend. There, there's obviously no need for it because this is just a franchise that's unstoppable for the most part at this point. Mm. Like this is this is even far beyond anything in the Potter series, in my opinion, because we see the first weekend that this spin-off movie had as opposed to the first weekend of Fantastic Beasts and it's in a whole different realm. Oh yeah. Totally. So, yeah. All right, moving on. Someone else can not diarrhea mouth like I did. So and, go ahead. Uh, All right. Tag <laughs> I meant. All right. So, um I when it comes to Star Wars, I am not thoroughly knowledgeable, but I have always been a fan i was definitely the right age and demographic when the prequels came out and i adored jar jar binks and then as did I, you really yeah and then as oh my god I, and then as it was i got designed for children it was and yeah. as i got older i knew better so okay that's totally gone um I, did you know the guy who played jar jar binks is black Toussaint did not know that. No, I did. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yes, no. he was. He was. He was not happy about. I that. I was not happy about well, that at all. I'm really sorry. So that's okay. Um, I it's another black actor going unrecognized by. I the was going to say the Academy fucked him over too. It's <laughs> yeah. great. I mean, it was an Oscar-winning performance. Um, Oscar's so white. <laughs> so, <laughs> so going into Rogue One, I had very little expectations to no expectations. I just thought the whole idea of it was awesome. Um, stealing the plans to the Death Star. And then once I got out of the showing, I thought that was a very, very creative means to an end. Because... As we all know here, we knew how it was going to end. And I liked how it put a tiny little bow on the audience to say, here is how episode four is. And I thought that was super duper cool. Makes Princess Leia's line about a diplomatic mission seem a little unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, they weren't able to retcon that. (laughs) Continue. So... So, I had a lot of thoughts on the characters. Um, I thought that Saw Gerrera definitely could have been used more. I really, really liked him, and they developed him a lot, and then he just was totally gone. Um, I wanted to really, really like Diego Luna's character, because that guy hasn't been in movies for, like, ages. And then he gets Star Wars, and then he gets, like, such, like, a flat um, performance and his character is like so important and it's just like psh, he's so the static. shittiest assassin ever. Essentially, he can't get that's his what shit he together. Is. Essentially, that's what he is. Um, he can kill a homeless person, but he can't kill his target. Essentially, um, and then I—I I mean, I don't know. I don't know how everyone else feels, but I really, really liked Felicity Jones. I think she's a really, really good actress. I think it's two um, for two for them with lead females in their. First yeah, films. didn't they do a good job? I mean, they're both white, but still. Daisy Ridley is awesome. See, yeah. at first, I really... I like Daisy. At first, I didn't really like Daisy Ridley at all. I did not like her. But now, I think she's growing on me. Um, so, Felicity Jones, I really liked. And then, I mean, that's pretty much as far as it goes for me. Well, Ben Mendelsohn? How do you think about him? I really liked him. Because th- he, he's actually a fantastic actor. Oh, yeah. And he... He can be. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> a little preview from Nick. 
But he had a very boy. interesting role here because when the cast list was announced in the first photos, I thought, oh my god, he's playing Grand Moff Tarkin. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember that. And then and then here this is. He's <laughs> if only to, you were right. He's forced to talk to a, a, a person who isn't there in the scene, so that's odd. Yes, I... Uh, hey, Luke does that all the time. <laughs> I thought he was really, really good, too. I thought he brought a certain gravitas, him and Mads Mikkelsen, you know? Like, they're just these acting veterans, and now they're a part of a, the Star Wars universe. Um, I did really like them, and I thought they... Um, like, as far as explaining their backstory and their relationship they did a really really good job with saying this is this character's motive this is this character's motive thus we have the plans to the star now um and i just i mean i agree with alex i enjoyed a lot of the visuals i didn't think the cgi looked out of place i thought it was very well done i really liked the final act when they're on the planet that actually has the plans. I don't think we've really seen like a tropical yeah. type climate. And I thought that was really well done and also very, you know, really good irony. It's a tropical planet and then all this, you know, this stuff happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to, I mean, it's not obviously like this at all, but. Uh, Naboo? No, that's not where I was going at all. <laughs> no. Um, when uh, my wife and I were in Hawaii and we went and saw Pearl Harbor, like and obviously that's the a completely, completely different scenario than this film. Yes. Um, but th- this idea that this horrific thing could happen in such a beautiful place is, is brings this interesting. That's what happens when you vacation in third world country. <laughs> what? Hawaii? Mm-hmm. That's America. You know that, right? <laughs> Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, actually, I wasn't paying attention because <laughs> I was still laughing at. Damn it, uh, Nick! Tucson's Naboo. I like anyway. how you call Hawaii a third world country. So that's some. Um, I'm sure our. Well, I'm show sure. me the birth certificate. <laughs> On a roll. Keep drinking. This is great. Thank you. Uh, one thing I will say that I actually did uh, enjoy the first time, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this time. Uh, obviously, IMAX probably helped this, if if anything. I thought the sound was fantastic here. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they did a really good job with that, too. I totally agree. Everything was like... If this film gets nominated for an Oscar for anything, it'll be for sound editing. Yes. I think. Yeah. And I thought, um, as far as CGI goes, my favorite, favorite part was the part you already mentioned, is when those star killers destroy the shield um, that's protecting the planet. I thought that was so cool and so well done um and i just really really enjoyed it it was just like a huzzah you know for the rebels which they get a lot of um and i mean maybe i was just a bit too much of an optimist but you know the entire lead cast just r.i.p at the end and it made me sad and it felt like there were a lot of emotional turns that we haven't really experienced before, like just like a lot of that. It was it was a very un unusual way for a film like this to go. Like, yes, which is just like a tentpole major film that is for the most part made for kids slash teenagers mm-hmm. and obviously adults too. But yeah, it it just was kind of a. For me, though, the, that's kind of the thing. Like, it's the same exact thing with Force Awakens, where I was 
expecting Han Solo to get killed off in it. So when it happened, I was like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't they? That totally makes sense in this story. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing I felt like here. But a lot of people are just surprised by the way that this whole film played out with every major character for the most part getting killed off. And I just applaud them for just going through with it. I do agree with you. Uh, while it is a sh- surprise and a shocker, it does make a whole lot of sense. And that's a really like interesting take move to make in a movie like this. So, yeah. There's going to be no sequel to this. <laughs> well, no. I mean, just with the characters that are it's in it. It's called episode four. Like, like these characters. Oh. I know. I mean, they're like, not like for, for, for a franchise that is totally predicated on having other parts of media i.e. toys and video games and extended universes. Oh, there'll be absolutely other tie-ins to this. Sure, but like you're not going to have a future version of Jin Erso anywhere. There's going to be a Lego Star Wars level of this. Okay, fine. That's going to so. be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Make it pal- so, palatable. Yeah. So overall, I really enjoyed this film yay um i really liked it um i mean we'll save our ratings for later um but overall i i don't know it's it's a really positive like mixed feelings because like my main issues were just like with the characters and like what why certain things were happening and what certain characters were doing also i really liked k2 a lot. I thought he was cool. Would you? So. How would you rate this compared to Force Awakens and to the prequels? Would okay. you rate it above or below? So, That's how a rating works. <laughs> Purely comparative. You. Um. So it goes Force Awakens up at the top, then Rogue One, and then the prequels. I did not okay. think this movie was better than Force Awakens. Okay. So. And bet not better than any of the originals. Probably mm, better than the prequels. Better, well, the, the, we, better we just, than the prequels, and it's like it's sandwiched. <laughs> it, it's like sandwiched in between the originals somewhere okay. for me. Oh, so. okay, yeah, cool. right on. So everyone else also has to answer the question I just answered. Cool, cool. So well, I'm assuming I know Nick's answer because it can't get any lower in in terms of any film than mm. than this really. You you rated this lower than Suicide Squad. Let's let's just put oh. that out there. Well, they got the same rating, but I would I would <laughs> I would rather rewatch Suicide Squad. Well, why don't we jump right into your thoughts? Because it felt shorter. Um, why don't we jump right into your thoughts? Because I know that you had very, uh, even though you might not have much to say, you had very strong opinions about this film, I and do. they weren't necessarily positive. I have strong, meaningless opinions. Listen, I don't like Star Wars. I like. A few Star Wars films, but I don't have affection for the actual shared universe. Well, like you, you can at least somewhat agree or acknowledge that Empire Strikes Back is a pretty good movie. I agree. There are yeah. three out of the eight Star Wars films that I consider good films, yeah. and um, which include the first two and Force Awakens. Now, yeah. kind of retroactively, because I know I wasn't too hot on it, but <laughs> now I kind of came around on it. But okay. uh, this is absolutely uh, on the bottom of that ranking. Like I, I, I almost feel like I would rewatch one of the prequels first because at least those are like a glorified mess. Like I, I like it's it's it's, it's overindulgence where I would kind of find it fascinating as a document of like where Lucas goes wrong. But here it's not that Gareth Edward like 
goes wrong at every turn or anything like that because he's working with a blueprint <laughs> um, that's, that's already <laughs> set out for him. You know, I mean, this is essentially the two-hour director's cut of the five-minute exposition scene we had in A New Hope, you know. And and so I'm, on the surface, before I saw this movie, I was kind of excited for it. I thought that that was actually a good idea, that um, especially for someone like Gareth Edwards, who I'm not a fan of, and especially after this movie, uh, but I thought that's good. Give him a pre-existing story. That way, he already knows the broad strokes, and hopefully, we can populate the Star Wars universe with more interesting characters that we can grow to love, even if they well, only exist in this movie. But yeah. still, um, you know, just and this just completely. I think the whole standalone film concept will not work for me, a non-Star Wars fan, because it tries to differentiate itself in all the ways that I don't feel it should. Uh, because, first of all, I think to call it a standalone film is very silly. I mean, And I don't mean you... Specifically uh, this film. I mean, well, this yeah. is clearly... I mean, this is pretty much a prequel. Like, if this is their idea of standalone, yeah. that worries me because uh, I, I, apparently we're never going to actually get a standalone film. And, you know... That's I have f- a feeling that um, as the years go on, as we move out of this now third trilogy of films that's going to be centered around like Ray and Kylo. And we, we move out of the offbeats of a, of a rogue one or a Han Solo film, or maybe even a prospective Kenobi film. I feel like then they will probably wheel themselves back to even farther in the past. There's always going to be a connection though. There'll, it's just going to be there. There's, yeah. o- there's always going to be the, Look, there's always going to be another mountain. Here, here's here's you here's know, here's my opinion. All... Not not to jump the gun, Cyrus. Not not to jump the gun, <laughs> but I think that some of the best Star Wars stories have nothing to do with the actual films and are not even told by George Lucas. They are involved with the, the actual extended universe. Fan erotic fan fiction. No, it, it's like oh sorry. <laughs> Bioware made a fucking video game about it called The Old Republic, and that's a better story than anything in, in these are fucking you, films. Are you talking about like the video games and the? I'm the talking about the. Series. I'm talking about the video games. I'm talking about the novels. I'm talking. I've about heard a lot the, of good things about Clone Wars. There's, and, uh, there's yeah, me too. What's the? Um, I I I just I can't remember the name of it. Jar Jar's Tell All. <laughs> it's not Clone Wars. Maybe I don't know. It's the one that uh, well, right now has a lot of Lando Calrissian because I know that uh, what's his name actually does the voice. The two it. series I know are the Clone Wars and the Star Wars Rebels. That's the one okay. that he's on. Yeah. And yeah. I know that uh, Billy D. Williams actually does the voice yeah. of Lando Calrissian and like does a lot of work on I've it. I've heard so. very good things about. I've, I've I haven't watched TV Rebels, shit. but um, I enjoy the original uh, Gendy Tarkovsky. Uh, short series of Clone Wars and the actual like animated series Clone Wars. So yeah, not to just jump in, yeah. but yeah, like yeah, presume I yeah, agree. Presume. Yeah. yeah, Nick didn't like the movie. I mean, no, I, yeah, I didn't, and and but and I think it definitely comes down to the fact that it's I'm I'm not a Star Wars fan. I think this is made for the fans at the end of the day, like, even more so than the Force Awakens or. Uh, the prequels. Uh, this is just felt like uh, a movie that was just ready to go and ready not to necessarily be marketable. But I mean, there are to... parts of it that are. I mean, like the Darth Vader scene is specifically made for people like me. Yeah. Like that was, 
as we talked about before, like that is exactly like everything I wanted to get well, out I mean, of this I, film. I, I see it imbued in a lot of the aspects of this movie, from the use of Grand Moff Tarkin. As someone who doesn't like Star Wars, I don't need to see Grand Moff Tarkin in this movie if if Peter Cushing is dead. But because <laughs> been dead. Right, yeah. But because that's he is obviously a pillar in the Star Wars universe, that apparently is something that is Not a, really though. See that's kinda of bullshit. Well and I agree. But if you were to ask minor, like a hardcore I mean like well not hardcore. He's a but, minor character in the one film. I like, yeah. <laughs> I but I think that that's the thing is that that's why they brought him back because they knew that that would be something that would get people. He's the talking. main tangential link. He's the guy who was the commander of the Death Star before it fucking blew up. So how the fuck does he actually get on the Death Star? I when think it, it gets also it, that's it, why he's I there. think it also exposes a weakness in Dark Darth Vader as a villain. I know I'm gonna whatever, but he always needs a human counterpart to essentially be his like soundboard because. Yeah. We can't just watch a Darth Vader like command. So I think that's another reason why they brought him back. Um, There's also uh, a lot better Darth Vader stories in comics than there are in the actual like series. Yeah, sure. I can't have that conversation. <laughs> that's the truth. Sorry. Either no, I mean, I mean, yeah. Darth Vader is the greatest villain of all time in film. I know, but he's even better. Nick, I do agree with you that. I on the notion that this was just kind of another marketing tool for Disney. Like, absolutely. Like, why wouldn't it be? Like, they took yeah. a five-minute explanation from one movie and created a, a creative means to an end, and now we're going to have Rogue One things. I agree. Shit, George Lucas already did that from the first film when they mentioned the Clone Wars incorporated into the prequels, and no, then this, Disney just spanned no, it out no, even more. No, th- this is different. Whoa, like, whoa, this is whoa. totally different than the... Like, this right here is the... I'm Guardi- not talking about quality. No, I'm Ro- saying- Rogue One was the Guardians of the Galaxy tip in the water, and, and unanimously, so far, in terms of the box office, which I completely doubted, has just said, we're going to go see whatever you put out that says yeah. Star Wars, so keep yeah. keep it coming. What I'm trying to say is that I absolutely... I agree. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say is that I absolutely despise this movie, but if I liked <laughs> this movie, it would probably be a failure to the people who would actually appreciate it. So I, you know, I can't necessarily fault it for being... But having said that, I do think it is significantly less than a lot of other Star Wars movies I've seen. I, I think none of these characters uh, that are that were introduced in this movie are any way more, not more, but as memorable as any other uh, installment. Uh, like this is prequel level bad as far as introducing us to characters who are so stagnant in their motivations and their interactions with each other. Now, let me, let me ask you this, okay. though. And I... And I... Like, I hesitate to say anything necessarily about them because it's so hard because they are going to play a bigger role in a longer universe. But let's talk about somebody like Poe Dameron, yeah. who we all said that we really wanted Oscar Isaac to have more screen time in Force mm-hmm. Awakens because he was one of the people who we were looking forward to seeing in that film because he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. And he was basically sidelined in that movie. Because yeah. he was originally written he to was, die. Okay, okay. He was sidelined, and yet he makes more of an impression on me in his limited screen time than somebody like Diego Luna does. Okay, see, that's and, what I'm saying, though, right, right. is that we all pretty much agreed that we wanted to see more of him, yeah. and we are going to get an opportunity to see more of him going forward, because he's going to at least be in the next film, if not more than that. Absolutely. So, all of these characters, this is like a single serving opportunity to world build, and then they're all gone. And yeah. it's kind of weird because it seems like, for sure, there's forced, almost like Inception bad level 
just explaining to the audience who these people are and what their motivations are because of their limited timeline. Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate problem is that we're, we're, we're in a movie that's marching towards an inevitable ending. And if so, then I don't think we can afford to just kind of waste our screen time on, in my opinion, extremely banal and expository scenes that disguise themselves as climatic set pieces like specifically like the scene in which um i don't obviously remember anybody's name but the scene in which they're gonna (laughs) the scene in which they're gonna like go find mads mickelson character on that planet and you know diego luna's character is gonna assassinate him maybe or you know jen's gonna go find him whatever that whole you know whatever that (laughs) whatever that whatever that was fuck uh, these people that felt like a scene that just went on for far too long in in like i I, you know, it, it had. It's funny because it reminds me of another Star Wars scene, and uh, it reminds me of the scene in which, uh, in the original trilogy, in which Han and Luke have to go save Princess Leia. You know, I'm here to rescue you. You know, that kind of thing. But it has none of the. I don't know. Just. Uh, exhilaration that comes with like a Star Wars mission. Well, I will say this. I mean, mission is probably the best word to bring about yeah. referring those, at least comparing them together. Because in that specific scene you're bringing up from A New Hope, they go from location to location to location where here they're just in one area. And I agree. That's how the whole scene progresses. Yeah, and that's maybe what why I felt like it was monotonous because we were just kind of – and uh, that's another thing I want to mention before I pass it off to Toussaint is that um, overall, I think the thing that lost me as a viewer, as a non-Star Wars fan, is that this felt like the prequels in the sense that I – felt like the sense of wonder was gone from a Star Wars universe. It, and it had nothing to do with positivity or optimism, because you can tell a dire story like The Empire Strikes Back. You can you can show that the, this universe isn't all good. But it never once did I look upon these characters and this universe in a in a state of kind of awe and like, wow, I feel like I truly am being transported to another world. This felt like I was being transported to the deleted scenes from the Star Wars. Like, I will say the one thing from this film that I absolutely fucking hated was them putting the text of what planet they were going to. Yeah, on the I think screen. that's the thing, and uh, also it made yes. it even more like, oh man, the Wikipedia pages are writing themselves. You know, <laughs> and, and, yeah. See, and it's like funny that you bring that up because I thought it was helpful for people like me where the Star Wars vocabulary just sounds like mumbo jumbo in a blender. Well, so that's like, the thing is, I would never know just... what any of these, and yet every time it showed up, I'm like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> stop trying to sell this to me and, and actually write a script and not, you know, locations. Yeah, I mean, like in Empire Strikes Back. Like, you find out through the progression of the scene that they're on the planet of Hoth. Yeah. And yet it also doesn't feel like someone's telling you, well, we're in Hoth now, so I'm glad well, we're if, on this winter planet. And if you, think of, if you think of that movie in general, and I know How it's... How cold is it? <laughs> I know it's unfair to compare this movie to Empire, but yeah. if you think of that movie and the way that movie handles its locales, it's kind of interesting because as a non-Star Wars fan, even if I can't actually name what those those locations stick out in my head, whether it be the Cloud City or is, is there like an actual name well, for that? Um, cloud City is a city on a planet. Yeah, so, I they, mean, you're it's right. just referred to as a Cloud okay, City. So yeah. Yeah. You, you, 
Best Did you say Death Star? Bespin. Bespin. That's oh, the name Bespin. of the planet. There we go. Oh, there you go. oh, and then also like Yoda's planet. You know what Yoda's planet called, which, looks like? Which uh, is called Dagobah. Dagobah. Yeah. Even oh. Nick knew that. I only know that because wow. it's a lyric in the Weird Al song Yoda, which is a parody of <laughs> the King's Lola. But um, still, you knew that. I did know even that. Though. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, but those are like planets that I feel intimately familiar with despite the fact that I have no affection and yet for here genre. it's like here's the MTV version of where we are now <laughs> agreed so uh, yeah the last thing I'll say before I'll pass it on is that I think Gareth Edward has once again proven himself to be a horrible choice for blockbuster filmmaking I think he has absolutely no visual style the thing I uh, cons- to latch on to the thing I concern about with him is that he is a horrible choice for two reasons a because he's not a great director and B, because he's a person like Kenneth Branagh who can be molded exactly. by like, what the studio I don't studio know wants what a Gareth do. Edwards film looks like, but I know that I haven't liked any of them <laughs> and that they're utter shit when it comes to <laughs> uh, actually trying to display. Well, and, may, maybe he'll get to do the And Ant-Man what's sequel. weird is he doesn't even have Marvel syndrome in the sense that like, sometimes Marvel, which has action set pieces that I like better, but are edited so choppily. Like, he has the competence of a director like Kenneth Branagh, where... like. On the surface, it looks like he's doing nothing wrong, but there's a difference between not doing something wrong and actually trying to infuse your you know, source material with something. Uh, that's the role of a director, to elevate your script, your actors, your uh, set pieces. So and he, in absolutely no way, uh, knows how to do that, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely not a fan of this movie. But we don't just saw it. He gets to talk finally. Yay. Yeah, finally. Also, what I want to add is... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Tucson. Yeah, here's the thing about this film. <laughs> um, I remember before we we were, were going into it, it's like we were talking about the things that we were looking forward to, and Alex explicitly asked me, is like, what am I most looking forward to like getting out of this film? And I honestly... Did not know. I tried to like bullshit an answer. Is like you know I wanted to see something different. I hope that there's like at least a different mood to this this film. And I came out of it and I felt very cold. And I don't know if that's because I've sort of cooled on uh, Star Wars fandom in general, or because this just felt kind of vacuous in in terms of not offering me anything that I haven't already been offered by some sort of variant of a of a fan film. Um, this film, I, I'll just just to step aside for for one second. This film is a fucking Rorschach test, I'll tell you, because mm-hmm. I have been talking about it with uh, some of my writer friends on our uh, our Slack channel, and it's it's caused a division, a schism between like some people, <laughs> and it's not because like oh you have bad taste or good taste. It's like what are the things that we liked about it, and what are the things we didn't like about it. Some people cannot fucking stand the the CGI Tarkin, and other people just didn't mind it at all, which is kind of baffling to me because I couldn't stand that shit. And I was like, and I really wanted to like coax what their answers were out of that. Um, for me, I think the best way to sort of sum up what my feelings were and then sort of extrapolate out of them is um, just for, for a very, very short tangent. I watched this, uh, this sort of film visual podcast called uh, half in the bag by Mike Stoklossa. I for, adore for those I adore them. Yeah, for for Red Letter Media, and I like that channel more than just for their their comedy things, but also for their their film uh, discussions because you know I I like their commentary. And Stoklasa kind of summed it up in the the first part of his argument by saying that Rogue One feels like it doesn't feel like a Star Wars film; it feels like a Star Wars fan film. I feel like it it, it adheres to the idea 
the fan idea of what Star Wars is rather than what Star Wars actually is. And you can say that and, and, and see that and make fun of it simply because of naming off references that they just rapid fire throughout this entire fucking film. The film is in itself an entire fucking reference. You see the like I, I I've only watched it once and I and I spotted I was like oh there's the blue milk oh there's those two assholes who one of them gets their hand cut off by Obi Wan Kenobi and the uh, the Tatooine uh, uh, like uh, uh, den or whatever I was like oh there's C three PO oh there's R two D twos here I will say here's how I discovered I'm not a Star Wars fan because yeah. after this movie came out when I saw an article I looked at it and I said what the fuck is blue milk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I had no the, idea. Of course, I, I I saw the picture and I read the article. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a that's a thing. Yeah, remember, it's like but, it's not a big thing, but it's just it's just one of those those things. You know, it's one of those things that makes Star Wars Star Wars apparently for some people, and it's like. I does it though? I yeah, exactly. It does exactly. That's what people. I'm talking about. It's like, is is that really what makes Star Wars Star Wars? And that they have to have that stuff in there in order to like clue into the fact that, like this takes place before A New Hope, but it's still the Star Wars universe. Milk I, still blue. I think. I, I, I think that my. I, 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 I think that my main contention. Love the frustration. It's great. My main contention with this film is that honestly, I just. I just didn't feel any any way about it. Uh-oh. I felt I felt no way about it whatsoever, and I walked out of it just numb. Before the ending, yeah, before the ending, before before the ending, and the, and then after the ending, I, I think he was kind of joking, whatever. And then I I left, <laughs> and I was like, okay, actually, there there are things that are supposed to. Maybe I'm just not on the right wavelength as a fan of Star Wars, or maybe I'm not clued into the whole like Star Wars fandom mood to be able to like get out of what I'm supposed to get out of there, it. There there there's too many of them. There's... There there are too many Star Wars fandoms. Let me let me there, there really is. Like, there are too many factions there... of fans of Star it's, Wars. It's like the fucking Rebel Alliance itself. <laughs> it really is. It's just this ineffectual mass of of of, of I know. different it's okay. Yeah, it, it's continue black leader. It it <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it, it it's uh I, I have so much inside of me that I want to say, but I just Whoa. don't want to say anything about it. There are things that I here comes the Chris Rock monologue. Yeah. Um, what, did, what, what did I notice? Um, this is like every episode, by the way. So. <laughs> Fuck off. Anyway, then there's the the Darth Vader fucking Barger castle on Mustafar, and he comes out. And that like, is oh, the same planet too. Yeah, I know it's the same planet. Yes, I, yeah, I, I from, found out from episode three. I know I found that out after. after and After also that. the Death Star. Can, yes, can... goddamn. Sorry, I was just gonna say the Death Star can go into light speed, which yes. is something that we've mentioned before. I'm and, sorry, and, you kept yeah, on interrupting me, and it made me upset. I could see that. Okay, so now Darth Vader has red lenses, and I don't know why the fuck that is. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I noticed that too. I didn't like it's it. It's supposed to make him scarier. Well, I've You're supposed to know that, that he's a bad guy. He know, choked a man, and then he turned around and he made a joke about it. And then he whipped out his big lightsaber, and he did the Soul Calibur moveset and killed a bunch of folks because that's what people wanted to see, and that doesn't sync up with the original film at all. What kind but of we needed to there? see it. Yeah, because that's Star Wars. Why are you dropping your R's? I because don't. I just think it's fucking stupid, and I think it's fucking... That doesn't answer the question. I just... I, that's my stupid voice. I give okay. that to my stupid Okay, I got fans. you. Yeah. I, I just didn't I like this... I the difference. I didn't like this film, and I'm not trying to 
like harsh on anybody's mellow if they like the film. Maybe it's just not for me, and it's okay. Oh, can I ask a question? Yeah. Then, to the the whole crew. Yeah. I know I already have my feelings. Steady by. That I loved it. Um, that Darth Vader scene that goes on for like 24 seconds where he just lays waste to everybody in his way and gives all of the fans who want to see some sort of Darth Vader action exactly what they want. What's everyone's feelings on that? Because I feel like for the most part, people are like, all right, that was something instead of him just delivering some dialogue. And I didn't fuck with away. it. I didn't fuck with it at all. I, I actually wanted I, – I think before the film even started, uh, one of my expectations was I hope that he doesn't take out his lightsaber. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. That'd be a nice surprise. Um, I, 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 I know that it has to have Darth Vader in it. I know this has to have Darth Vader in it. I know it has to have Grand Moff Tarkin in it. And I know that there's going to be these tangential characters that might clue into like the greater like series or whatever. But I just didn't want Darth Vader to be the focus. I just wanted it to wasn't. be these characters. Yeah, but we have to have like that one scene where he has to like of kill off the rebels. Of course you do. Greatest villain of all time. Okay, whatever. has to do something whatever. other than just stand there. But and- that's all he does. He just stands there and chokes people and makes jokes. What? Yeah. I'm talking about the later scene. Okay, yeah. Okay. I thought that scene was lame. Really? Yeah. You thought it was lame? I I thought it was predictable, and I thought it was kind of lame. I I will carve out some middle ground in the sense that I don't know that I would call it lame, but as someone who's not looking for these kind of things, it didn't, like, reach out past and transcend its barrier of fan service to make me actually feel pumped that it happened. Yeah. Uh, If anything, I may be slightly sour on it because I felt like, is this finally we're going to inject some life into the movie just so that the audience leaves the theater in a good mood like that part felt a little which uh, i did after even the first time and so like that's where (laughs) you know i'm like you know i kind of would watch a whole movie of it not literally of him but of like more aggressive fan service rather than just blue milk and uh (laughs) handless people uh (laughs) so i yeah it's like i'm torn between it's like i i don't just like it and i i understand why it's in it but uh it does not do anything for me uh it kind of bothers me that I know that if I had seen this, if I was much younger, I would have totally fucked with this film. Because, like, seeing Darth Vader's castle, I'd have lost my shit at that as a kid. I fucking love evil castles. Evil castles are the shit. But I just didn't care about that at all. Well, the princess is in another castle. Yeah, yeah apparently. <laughs> um, yeah. She's as... dead. She had her kids and she died. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anna. Please, Anna. Please. Please you're Please. our only hope. I... To say that's actually, I mean, any opportunity to make fun of Padme, like, okay. So, um, as far as the ending scene goes, um, to me, that was definitely like I felt like it was just covert fan service. Oh, there's no other way, it's overt, exactly what that was, exactly. It was overt and. It, gosh, it's so weird because I'm torn between it being overt fan service and the fact that it was just like he just sashays in and just does his thing with the lightsaber and like with the score and He's it's done. Fabulous. It, yes, and he like it's okay, like okay. also smooth and he does it like so good. How about when he uses the force, <laughs> the dark side, to move the one guy up 
to the top of where he is, the ceiling or whatever. And then as he's walking past him, he flashes his lightsaber back and cuts him in half. Like, that shit's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. No, I'm that sorry. was awesome. Yeah. And I was like, man, there's Darth Vader, like, doing his thing. Like, that's super cool. Yeah. But the thing... Killing younglings. Yes. Growing up. The thing that bothered me, so, like... It makes total sense because obviously, you know, we don't have James Earl Jones. We just get the luxury of his voice, i.e. Mufasa, who is the best. And we, like, get this new person in the Darth Vader costume. Well, I mean, James Earl Jones wasn't in the Darth Vader costume. Okay, yeah, I'm I sorry. To, I hate to ruin it. That would be awesome. That would have been a awesome. much different looking James That'd be a- Darth Vader costume. You're right. Okay, so Billy we- Joel was the original person. Although, although I will say his voice was much less menacing here because it sounds like a guy who's recording his, his yeah, I didn't audio. See the difference from- in the voice. I, I mean, I know it, I'm not a... In the first couple lines, it sounds right, and then after, he sounds what? like a dying man recording this audio on a cassette player. <laughs> oh, and no. I don't know. It I was just... play a game. So... <laughs> yes! That's it? You know, it's funny I bring that up really quick, because Toussaint was talking about, like, like some fans don't care about the Grand Moff Tarkin thing. Some fans, obviously, are completely against it. And I actually understand both sides of that point of view, and I'm not in any way saying that the Saw franchise... Are you talking about, like... I was going to say, are you talking about suspending of disbelief or something like that? Well, I definitely agree to the idea that when you like a franchise, you you know, there are certain things you can go with. And, like, if if Tobin Bell were to die and there would be another (laughs) Saw franchise with him CGI in it. Oh, my God. I don't know, but I would actually mind that much. Like, you know, so I'm totally – but that's also because I think that that's just a trashy franchise, so it doesn't really matter. But, no, but I I think there's validity into the sense uh, that, you know, you, you take what you can get and. And, uh, you know, if someone wants to be a fan of it, then I, I don't think that's... Like, I, I certainly see the fact that the use of, like, Grand Moff Tarkin is certainly more advanced than we're used to when it comes to CGI. And it's, like, a CGI human people. Uh, and it's got a weird consistency to it that we haven't quite seen. But it's certainly still... It's got a, a long a, way to go. Well, but... no, it's still a victim of the Uncanny Valley effect, which is, sure. you know, you look like, at it and you're like, what the fuck is happening? There, there's going to be a day when you're going to put somebody in a film, minor scene, major scene, whatever, that's going to feel well, like a real person. I had a conversation with a coworker today. Someone asked me my thoughts on Rogue One. Okay. And I said... I don't like it, and I'm not a Star Wars fan, so I don't really care or whatever. And then they said, well, what did you think about the the Grand Moff Tarkin thing? Because I thought that was really cool. I said, you know, honestly, I don't have strong opinions on the look of it, even if I'm against it. You know, like I, it's, I can understand why anybody actually would go for it. Like it's, it's cool in a sense, but I'm complete. I'm more passionate about the precedent it sets for what this might mean for the future of cinema and Hollywood in general. And they said, how do you mean? And so I said, you know, because <laughs> then they said. Um, well, because, like, I'm sure the estate of Peter Cushing got money. I'm like, uh, maybe I'm a cynical asshole. I, I think he, they didn't. Well, and That's I said, the bigger concern maybe I'm a cynical me. asshole, Bummer. but I'm like, I actually don't care about how this affects dead people. <laughs> well, no, but seriously, I th- what I'm more concerned with is how this carries forward uh, 
when it comes into territory of asshole directors who can't get their actors to do what they want. For example, last week there was a resurgence of the Last Tango in Paris story of mm. uh, you know Marlon Brando, and apparently the scene he filmed was not consensual, so to speak. So what's to stop an asshole director from having the likeness of his character reproduced in mere seconds to get, to uh, you know get perform in, the scene that they won't right do. like. Like, you know, if all you need is insert shots, then this technology is already pretty much there for the making. Uh, just And then, you know, and, and that's a scary line that I think we're about to cross before well, we even get into the resurrecting dead actors. We talked about this on an episode last year about how I thought it was prevalent for anybody who's anybody to copyright their likeness in every possible way, whether it be their voice I mean, I, I don't know how deep that rabbit hole goes, and I'm not necessarily talking about um, you know getting financial money, but for protection from things exactly yeah. like what you're talking about, Nick, where you can have say in what somebody can or can't do with a computer-generated image of yourself, whether it be in a whole film or in a scene exactly like you're mentioning, where someone can just manipulate it and turn it into i mean and i mean, I mean even, that that's that's even like you can even go deeper than that whether than film what about creating something in some sort of weird online video where you could make somebody look like they're doing something that they wouldn't do like I, that's true too <sighs> but one thing i will say is that i almost even though i just said it minutes ago like i almost don't even think of it as so bad when it comes to like nefarious purposes but even something that might seem good at first like the idea that like 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 so let's just bring it up again but a rape scene so to speak like you know why wouldn't you as a director try try to like safeguard your actor and say well you don't even need to be in it like you don't have to go through that emotional because we can just have you you know just do a body double and you know just have you sit there lifelessly but then we'll you know and so then we're we're literally starting to dilute one of the key uh, pillars of what a what a movie is, and that's actors giving a performance, and and that, that's that's what's sad to me. Yeah, I think uh, that's it's a slippery gonna be, slope. That's going to be an interesting thing when we get to the point where the technology, which isn't there yet, is going to be there because it's going to happen at some point, and they can just do whatever they want with you. For the most part, you better have your fucking protection. I'm glad that you brought up the issue of likeness because I just read something today. Um, It was a quote from Carrie Fisher and she had brought up how I think this was like a one person play that she did. And she talked about obviously being Princess Leia. And at the time of Star Wars, there was really no such thing as likeness. So all of the actors basically signed away their rights to have everything produced and her key thing was the princess leia pez dispenser and she was like that was such a bizarre thing but i just didn't understand like it was just so bizarre that there was me and now a different part of me is princess leia and then within that part is this pez dispenser absolutely it's like co-opting somebody's actual livelihood exactly and that was what 40 years ago and hopefully like the you know, more people like are taking Alex. And you know what they'll, you but, know but, what they'll but, but, call this conflict of celebrities fighting with each other, you know, over likeliness or likelihood and what, like likeness. Likeness. Uh, they're going to call it Stars Wars oh, because they're stars. So. Here, here, herein lies the problem is that a lot of times you'll have 
uh, an actor who is not necessarily well known who will get caught up in a horrible contract with a with a franchise or something like that, and they're just like they're excited. Just like a younger athlete who's excited when someone says, I'll give you $4 million to play for our team. And they're like, holy fuck, $4 million is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like you look at, um, who is it? It's somebody, it's somebody like, um, I'm trying to think of the people in that Watchmen movie who are signed up for like four more sequels. Or uh, they Hugh, are? yeah, oh. and Hugo Weaving, who's signed up to too play. No, too bad. One of them is Malin Ackerman. She yes. was in Watchmen. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then there was that one guy that has a very like just of the plainest Janest name, and I need to find it. There's the guy who. Well, there's a guy who plays Rorschach. Who's Jackie Earl Haley? Is Patrick Wilson in that? Movie? Yes. yes, Patrick Wilson. That uh, I always forget his name because, like, yeah, because he's a forgettable Good. person. And I don't Matthew know if that but he's been in yeah. a lot of stuff. It's just his name is very plain. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, you sign this open-ended contract, and I don't know if there's like an expiration date. Again, like Hugo Weaving with the Red Skull, who said, "I don't want to ever fucking play this again because that makeup took four fucking hours every time." Like, he signed up to do that three more times. Oh, and like his t- career is really in a place where he can say that. <laughs> That's fine. But if he doesn't want to do that, yeah, he has yeah. no recourse For sure. to really say no. Yeah, we call so... that being divergented. <laughs> Shailene Woodley just owing her life to that fucking awful series. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's too bad. Here comes the TV series. Yeah, great. So it, it just, it's just... It's such a hard place. Like, this goes back so many, like, years and generations. Like, this is what old Hollywood was, where studios fucking owned people for the most part. Yeah. Like, they got you. Like, we saw a really solid movie that I thought was really good and a lot of people really liked, Hail Caesar. Yeah. That surrounded around uh, studios just fucking owned actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. that a twist is <laughs> and Han Solo was in it. Yeah, there you go. I wanted uh, to um, Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I wanted. Th- that's okay. I wanted to loop back around to that. My thoughts on the final scene. It was more so. Um, I have conflicted feelings about it being overt fan service, and then also it being just like so well done and so cool that I don't really know if. Like, do I want to complain that it was just so obvious that people wanted Darth Vader to do his thing? And then also, um, just it was either the body of the actor in the suit or the suit himself, but he didn't, like, Darth Vader didn't look that strong this time around. At least to me, he didn't look, like, menacing. He looked like, you know, maybe he just runs or doesn't eat or something, but he just doesn't look like... Looks like Polly Bleaker. He was going through some dark shit. I mean, he's a... He's a... A triple amputee who floats around in a in a vat of of healing milk. Yeah, that, right. But that even whole, then, that, if that you compare now, like how he looked white? in the pre the pre uh, the original film uh, to how he looks in this, it's just like I feel like they sleeked, like they modernized it just too much. Oh, yeah. and, and the change oh, yeah. was so subtle, but it was so noticeable, and I didn't like it. That. Comes through in the in the fighting uh, towards the end. I'm not trying to like make that. That stark division between like, oh, they're fencing in the original film, and now they're doing like well, cartwheels in I the mean, prequel. I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, that's it, it, just... it's it's sort of like a halfway mark here, is like because yeah. they're really trying to pretty it up, and yeah, but, but go Yoda, go, yeah, like that. Um, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's fifty years later. Like, I mean, 
Whoa. 40 years later. 40. But it takes place in a galaxy. That's fine. Far, I mean, far away. <laughs> like that's... a long time ago. So what is yeah, time even? I mean, the, the Star Destroyers. Star Wars hasn't even caught up to us. <laughs> the Star Destroyers and the Death Star, like, I felt like it looked closer to the originals than anything I saw in the prequels. Technology looked pretty cool. The stuff that we hadn't seen in films before, like when they're looking for the actual plans and they're like manipulating the uh the the handles in order to like try to like find a hard drive. I thought that was That was really some cool. Legend of Zelda shit. I thought that looked Yeah, cool. it was. That Wasn't cool. that cool? Yeah. I like that part too. Yeah. So, we've actually talked so little about the actual film and a lot about <laughs> other things which tends to happen here and we're yeah. getting close to the end of the episode here. Yeah. Um, I guess something that I that I wanted to to mention is that the overall feeling of this being a Star Wars film still, but yet not being part of the Star Wars universe because it's in this weird space where it obviously is in the Star Wars universe. Specifically, this film is, but yet this doesn't have that exact same feel. But it sort of does in the same way, and I. I liked the zone that this ended up being in, at least for me. Like, I thought it was good. I thought it felt different, but yet felt similar. And it hit that weird spot where I just, I I think they did a good job with this film hitting a lot of items on the checklist of a film of this ilk. And I, I just enjoyed that because the look of it was right. The fighting was right. We got things that were different. We got things that felt familiar and I, I just, yeah, I mean, we even got small cameos that, again, to Disney's credit, they kept them. Like, the C-3PO and R2-D2 thing I thought was cute. Like, that was fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, they're just there, and it's like, yeah. oh, there they are, and they were on the screen for four seconds, and it's over. Like, I felt like there's really nothing wrong with that. And if they keep up with that kind of thing where you just have these Easter eggs throughout, and you're not forcing these just auxiliary characters into main roles in your film to sell tickets, then I think they're in a good path. But they gotta be there. They have to be there. I mean, come on. Like the the, C-3PO thing. It's it's the checklist. It's the the checklist. Oh my god, I can't believe they didn't have C-3PO. I didn't have C-3PO on there. They gotta have it. Where's the blue milk? Where's the blue milk? (laughs) Well, the C-3PO thing's kind of... The blue milk. The C-3PO thing kind of does make sense in my opinion. Anthony Daniels has straight up been in every single Star Wars film. Oh, he's been in every Star Wars film. He's got to be in this one. That's oh. what I'm saying. No, I mean, he's like the, he's like a, a real person who's been in every single one. I mean, mm. Come on. Okay. I mean, and it wasn't... I, I don't know. Maybe I'm... I, I'm not trying to... I'm, not I'm trying opening to be, up wounds here. I'm not like, trying to I, be a dick about this. I'm just saying, <laughs> I was just like, why, are, why is... Who, who? What's his name again? Anthony Daniels. Why is Anthony Daniels sacrosanct in every single like Star Wars film? Why does he have to be in every Star Wars film? I mean, he doesn't, but again, he has actually been in every one. These unofficial rules of fandom and inclusion and 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 why and, is John Rathenberger in every and, Pixar and, movie? And homage <laughs> and 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 hints and in references. I just I'm 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 so. I'm so checked out of this. Like, I, I like Star Wars. How did you notice blue milk, but you're getting pissed off at this? It's just, it's just I don't even know how. I don't know how. I, I don't even know where blue milk first occurred in the Star Wars universe. I just Same know that's a new thing. Hope. You know what's a favorite midnight snack in the Star Wars universe? Blue milk. Blue milk and cookies. Ooh. I was going to say blue milk Santa and Wookiees. <laughs> oh, that's gross. 
Um, Can I give my final? Please do. Let's, yeah. let's, no, let's okay. let's do it. Let's go to only final because end. I don't have much to say. I mean, we could honestly, for better or worse, talk about this movie for three hours. You could, and yeah. There's plenty to talk about with it, mm. um, but at the same time, this is just another Star Wars movie yeah. in, a, in a long line of yeah. Star Wars movies. Doesn't reinvent the Death Star. They already did that twice in the franchise. <laughs> and within a year's time, I'll probably have forgotten about it. Good luck. So next, Nick, your final rating. Next, Nick. It could be low. It might be. Uh, I did not like this movie. <laughs> I thought that as a non-Star Wars fan, it just left me completely cold because there's nothing in this that I could latch on to, whether it be the story, which I thought was uh, over... not overwritten, but just overindulged in trying to adhere to... If it's supposed to be a spinoff film, then why is it trying to so closely, uh, you know, stick to the continuity of uh, the pre-existing trilogies? Um, I thought the acting in it was actually pretty bad. I thought a lot of the main performances were either awful, like I thought Diego Luna and Maz Mikkelsen, who I love in general, uh, were giving pretty cringeworthy performances. Or at the top of the list, as far as who got out unscathed, were performances that just did nothing for me. Uh, and Like? It, like Ben Mendelsohn's, uh, whatever his name was, and uh, Jen Erso, Felicity mm. Jones, and whatnot. Um to the point where I was just kind of sad because even if I didn't love The Force Awakens, I want to see more movies with them. At the end of this movie, I was just glad that everybody died because I don't have to visit them again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so overall, Put that on your fucking Blu-ray box. There you go. <laughs> so overall, I was just not a fan of this. I realized this wasn't made for me, but I'm also not going to like try to grade it on a curve to be like, well, if a, if you were a Star Wars fan, like, no, I just I think it's a bad movie for mm. a lot of different reasons. One of them being that it's certainly not for me. Uh, so it's a half star because this is easily just the film I don't want to watch the, again compared to any other movie I've seen this year. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't have to hide the fact that this film also kind of left me pretty cold. And maybe I'm being too much of a stickler about this, but I'm I'm going to circle back and, and at least say this. I never thought that I would ever say this before, but I, I think I'm going to stump for George Lucas and the prequels for one reason, because at least with the prequels, he did not try to repeat himself often to the detriment of those, of, of those, the integrity of the individual films themselves. You can at least say confidently that episode one, two, three, yes, even two, even, even attack of the clones occupies its own niche. It has its own existence. It has its own identity. Yeah, the third with, one. With, the, the third one doesn't. Within, within the Star Wars saga. Mm. Whereas with Rogue One, feels wholly like an addendum that works in only in service to to acting as as a as a as a as a preface or as a preview of elements that we have already seen in the original trilogy. It's literally a movie that uses recycled or uh, leftover footage. That was that's what I'm so talking bad. about. That's what I'm talking about. The, yeah. uh, the two X-Wing pilots, is that yeah. something you're referring to? Yeah. Because yeah. those are actual was, like, unused footage from the original movie. It was weird as fuck. Movies. It was yep. weird. It was bad. It didn't work. Yeah. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. And I, I feel like, yeah, this this film is, is, is commercially very successful. It's going to be probably really critically successful. A lot of people are really going to enjoy it. I get it. Um, 
this film is indicative, I think, of where um, where Disney is going to take the Star Wars universe, at least for the first initial years. And I hope eventually, um, after they are done mopping up whatever close ties they can fill within the immediate Star Wars universe, they can tangentialize and just get really fucking weird with it because i want to see some weird shit in the star wars universe that i haven't seen before not just like a like a a military heist film not just a a roguish han solo film or a journeyman kenobi film i just want to see something weird as fuck that i never thought i'd see is that gonna make money at the box office they can make any it's fucking star wars yeah okay they can do it they literally have a fail safe they they have a fail safe franchise. If it could survive the prequels, it can survive an experiment from somebody that actually has a vision and wants to do something kind of cool with it. Yeah, but the problem is you have too many people at the top who want to stick their fingers in everything, which is which is ultimately the issue. But as you mentioned already, with the fuck it, let's just kill everyone off because that makes sense. Right? Maybe maybe we will someday. Hopefully, get a very different star wars film yeah. than everyone's used to but that's gonna take some time yeah yeah so i give it a two give this film a two out of five okay yeah very good nick what's your numeric uh rating it was a half star half star <laughs> out of five. Yeah. Point five out of five you so cannot point five that's correct five. technically on our scale zero would mean that you didn't see the film that so is oh, okay. half is as low as you can go All right, there half you go. means that it, it existed <laughs> <laughs> it got completed. There you go. Yay. <laughs> um okay, so my overall thoughts on the film were um I really really enjoyed it as a casual Star Wars fan. I got all of the really obvious things and I could see all of the tie-ins and everything. Um but there were just some things that just I I felt like they were more so to move the plot along than, I mean, you know, to to really get us to be emotionally attached to the the characters. Because, like I said, I was an optimist. I didn't think everybody would die in the end, but, I mean, here we are. So, um, I thought it was really good. I thought the visuals were good. Um, the characters could have needed in lots of improvement. Um, and yeah, so I would say it's a, it's a three out of five, but it's like a more so like a a flimsy three out of five. Like if there was anything else that really, really irritated me, um, it definitely would be less, but it's like a a three and I, I would watch again. So, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, I was really kind of in the same ballpark that Anna is in on this film on the first viewing. I enjoyed it, but I thought there were a lot of problems here and not a lot of depth to it. Uh, a second time through, I I just was able to sit there and know exactly what this was going to be and uh, enjoyed it for what it was. And I felt like this was a film that perfectly fits into my enjoyment of the Star Wars franchise, which is I can sit down and watch most of the movies and find some sort of enjoyment in them and in and, like the thing I'm doing, which is watching this film for two hours. I thought the characters here, most of them probably could have been done better. And uh, that goes back to a larger argument of you have these characters that are single serving 
characters, so there's not a lot of concern about world building and depth and all that shit. But at the same time, um, Jin Erso I liked, and Felicity Jones playing her was good. I enjoyed K2 uh, for what he was and what he brought to this, especially the finale of his character. And I thought the visuals and the sound design and even some parts of the score, which, again, uh, this is the first non-John Williams score for a Star Wars mm-hmm. film. Yeah, it was by uh, Michael Giacano. Yeah, and I thought there were parts of it that I were fantastic. There were parts of it that were completely forgettable. Um, but at the same time, uh, it just, for the most part, worked for me. Uh, a lot of images, uh, specifically on the second viewing, that I found memorable. Uh, surrounding the Death Star, surrounding the battle scenes. And um, that's just what I come back to with this movie, is that I, I liked watching it. And I um, look forward to watching it again. And I think that's um, really all that anyone could hope for, specifically hey. Princess Princess Leia. And we, we, we obviously mentioned many times the Peter Cushing thing. I honestly could not could not care less about the, the Princess Leia thing. Like, I think it was fine. No, She's I agree. There, I and it takes five seconds, and it somewhat looks like her. And yeah, that's more of the Robert Downey Jr. Civil War. Yes, showing that's what I was thinking of too. Then, yeah, then the Gramoff Tarkin, which just seemed like video game silliness at points. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, overall, I give this a very favorable rating just because I love Star Wars—a four out of five—and um, yeah, I look forward to to watching it again. Uh, I am though. A little concerned that this is going to turn into this is successful, so here's the next 30 movies. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Rogue, <laughs> so. Rogue 2, Rogue 3, Rogue 4. Rogue... God. So yeah. Um, yeah, there's Rogue One, a Star Wars story for you. If you have any feelings on this film, and I'm sure most people do because it's fucking Star Wars. You've seen it, you've <laughs> obviously got an opinion because fucking everybody has an opinion on Star Wars. You can always send them to us at filmtankshow at gmail.com, or you can find us also on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at filmtankshow. On our next episode, we're going to venture into a, a biopic for the most part, somewhat. This is kind of a weird um, genre, because this is a biopic, but it's also just playing out a story somewhat, so it's, it's a little weird. Uh, and that is the film Jackie, which is about... Uh, Jacqueline Kennedy following the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Uh, this stars Natalie Portman in a role Who that... Who does she play? Uh-huh. In a, in a role that, for the most part, has already been praised, and it, it totally makes sense to why, because it's, it is Natalie Portman, who's a pretty respected actress, playing uh, a, a woman in Jackie Kennedy, who a lot of females looked up to. Yeah. Throughout, throughout time, well, and even just the, to yeah. the academy. an icon. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. a historical figure will get you a lot of places. And, Which, not to say that her performance is bad, but and too, this is a film that um, a lot of people have already seen and uh, think it is uh, done well and done justice to this story. So um, we'll talk about it next week on episode ninety-five. Uh, you can find that episode coming up on our website, filmtankshow.com, also on iTunes at Stitcher as well, uh, as well as the Rogue One episode and all of our other episodes whenever we get them all posted. So, 
from our guest, Anna Bodizado. Thank you very much again for, for joining us. Thank as, you. Uh, we always like episodes with you and with, with guests, so it's great to have a fourth. And I'm honored. Just have the three of us talking the same things over and over every week. Uh, uh, Nick Cheney, Tucson Egan, myself, Alex Diekman. As always, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Film Tank. We'll catch up with you next time. Thank you.